1: Good evening, everybody. Ron Geyer back with more End Time Insights. Thank you, Jesus, for the opportunity. We love doing this. Thank you so much. I spoke with someone the other day that listens to this. That always blesses me, and it makes me feel so good. And you know that we're on Matthew 24. This is lesson number nine. Uh, I'm guessing I'll get up to 15 or 16 by the time we get through. We're starting in verse 22. And we'll probably, Lord willing, get to verse 30. I know there's some similarities in the verses here. So I'll take them all at once, uh, 22 through 28. But a quick review, um, verse 20, uh, when Jesus was talking to the disciples. And then in verse 21, he says, For then shall be great mega tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, No, nor ever shall be. So we know he is talking about something that's new, that has never taken place before. Tribulation, uh, distress, um, pressure, and uh, world wars have never had this type of pressure experience, degradation of humankind towards humankind. Uh, Never in the olden days with the Crusades. I mean, at no point in time will there be anything like what's about to occur. And Jesus tells him, and tribulation will be great. Never happened before, and it will be a mark of the very, very last days when I'm about to return. Verse 22, the Lord says, And except that those days should be shortened, there should be no flesh saved, but for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. And so Jesus is telling them, We're going to close out this tribulation time, it's not going to go any further than need be. It will end when I say it will end. If I let it go on, it would actually destroy mankind off the face of the earth. It would annihilate them. They would be done. There would be no more. But for the elect's sake, who's the elect? Well, the elect has always been Israel. And also the elect is uh, the church is referred to as the elect, but the church is gone. So it's going to be the believers. So except for those who are saved during this time, there would be no end. It would be the total end of mankind. So I'm going to shorten the day, says the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, because I want people saved. I want people to come out of this alive. Hallelujah. I'm going to keep verses 22 through 28 together. Uh, They go together. They're a singular narrative, that narrative being the immediate return of Jesus Christ, the Messiah of the world, the King of Kings, the Eternal Father, hallelujah, and the Judge of Nations. So by this time, we are, verse 22, Jesus has them in the tribulation. By this time, mankind is in full-blown outright rebellion towards God. He is gathering for war against him. The saved Jews and the new believers in Christ are probably well aware that he's about to show up any day, any hour, any month, any minute. So as a final act of mercy, the Lord moves quickly to end this time of catastrophe, this nightmare that's been taking place on the earth for the last seven years. Still, though being who he is he offers one more final warning to his children the newly born again Jew and the just converted Christian in verse 23 he says then if any man shall say unto you lo here is christ or there believe it not he's telling them don't believe when people are telling you that he's here you will know when he's returned and we'll get to that in a minute but don't think he's in the desert don't think he's in the closet because Every eye will see him when he returns. That, that's going to be false. But true to himself, Satan is still out for souls. And he'll do anything that he can. Don't forget, deception is rampant. And God talks about the fact that Jesus says that he will send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie during this time. And it's a terrible, terrible time. Uh, Revelation chapter 1, verse 7. Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him. And they also, which pierced him, and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him, even so. Amen. So, verse 23 is a warning. Then if any man shall say unto, you, Lo, here is Christ, or there, believe it not. For, verse 24, there shall arise also false Christs and false prophets, and they shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. I like that phrase, if it were possible. To me, that means, well, it's not possible, which is great because God's protecting his people. Remember, they've just been through living hell. Uh, It talks about the fact that hell actually has been emptied out onto the earth. You know, this is God. Here we are in the tribulation, the love of God, and people are choosing, and most of them are rejecting the Lord. And so what he does is he lets them see, what rejection of the Lord will look like in the future. Because what is people's destiny that reject Christ? They're going to spend eternity in hell. So, you know, he's given them his words. He's given them miracles. He's shown them love. He's shown them mercy. He's given them his goodness. And yet you go, none of that's working? Well, I got a good idea. He empties out hell. He brings hell onto the earth so that they can experience what their future is going to look like. I mean, what a brilliant plan. You know, hey, you don't believe what I'm telling you? You don't want to receive my love, my goodness? All I'm asking you to do is obey me. Read the book and obey me. I'm coming back so soon, within a seven-year period. I am coming back. I am trying to rescue your souls. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I will let you experience on the earth what your eternal destiny will look like in hell if you continue to resist my call. This verse in verse Romans 1-7 plainly tells us that we will not need to be told by anyone that Jesus is coming. Revelation 1-7, Behold, he comes. Every eye shall see him. And it tells us, every eye shall see him. So I know that if somebody's telling me at this time that he's here or he's there, I know that's a lie because we're all going to see him at the same time. But Satan, true to his form, will have his agents trying to take souls to hell right up until the minute that Jesus returns to the earth. Let's turn that around just a bit too, okay? Okay. Every eye shall see him. Not only will every eye see him, but he shall also see every eye that sees him as well. It's the reason for the second part of this verse. All kindreds of the earth shall well. Stuart Weber on those who claim to be Christ in the time of the great tribulation. People are desperate for a savior. By now, they're beginning to get the picture. Oh, what he said was true. Oh, the warnings were true. Wow. Wow. The danger is real. By now, people are getting the understanding, and they are desperate for a Savior. So when people are saying to non-believers, look, he's here. Look, he's there. They're going to follow him, and we have to be so wise. It's a terrible time, but it's a great time. It's a day that's well, called the great and terrible day of the Lord. So people are desperate for a Savior while in the midst of the greatest tribulation the earth will ever know. They're expecting him. They're waiting for him. They know now. They've got an inkling. Wow. If all of this other stuff is true, maybe him talking about his return is true also. Now that's good news, but unfortunately, it also makes them especially easy prey for the false. Jesus then reminds the disciples in verse twenty-five. Let me read it to you. Behold, I've told you this before. I told you what it would look like when I was coming. I told you beware of the false prophets. I told you beware of the false teachers. I told you beware of the false apostles. He says, I'm coming. It's going to be a terrible time on the earth. You must pay attention. You must be ready. And he says, I've told you this before, and I'm telling you again right now. And Jesus reminds the disciples one more time. I have spoken to you before about false messiahs. I have warned you in prior time about the false prophets. Forewarned is forearmed. I remember growing up. my mom would tell me that all the time. My mom was a very wise woman. She would tell me this stuff all the time. Forewarned is forearmed, so not only is this a warning, folks, but it's also a prediction as well, right? This will happen. You know false prophets are real, false messiahs are real. Don't let the terminology think you that they're not there. They will be there. These people will be there, and deception will be real. And Jesus says many will follow them. Don't be misled by the language. False messiahs and false prophets are real. They are a real threat. They were a real threat now to us. They will be a real threat to those who are alive during the tribulation period. In verse 26, he repeats this warning, verse 26, Wherefore, if they say to you, Behold, the Messiah is in the desert, don't go there. Or behold, he is in the the secret chambers, believe it not. Just understand, folks, this is the time, the greatest deception that the world has ever seen. We cannot imagine the scenario. Hell has been emptied out on the earth. Millions and millions, no, let me correct that. Billions of people have died. Uh, We're going to learn in a minute that the earth is being bombarded by comets, that the earth is shifting, the earth is moving. We've got global warming. (laughs) We wish, right? This is a time when the earth is being readied by the Messiah who upholds all things by the word of his power. He holds the universe together. He's about to make his entrance All creation is groaning in anticipation, awaiting the manifestation of the sons of God. Well, this is what's happening. The church, the sons of God, they've been taken off the earth. There is no restraining hand about the enemy right now to keep him back from the evil. Mankind's evil is manifesting. The Christians are being slaughtered by the tens of thousands. And the Lord Christ, he's just seen the uh, Antichrist sit in The seat of David, David's throne, which belongs to Christ. He is coming. He is coming now. And he is not a happy camper. Jesus came the first time, right, to a singular place and a singular crowd. The birth of Jesus. He came. He was born where? In Bethlehem. And he came to a specific people. You knew where he was at that time. Well, this time it's going to be a global event. You know, I had this vision one time, maybe a dream. No, I was awake. No, I was dreaming. I forget, either one. But I've never had visions. I'm not that kind of guy. I don't get visions. I rarely get dreams. And yet, there was this one time, and I believe the Lord wanted to show me how big he was. And so, uh, I remember I had a picture of God's face. I saw his face. Now, don't misunderstand me. I didn't see his face in the sky, okay? That's where it was. But it wasn't like that. His face wasn't in the sky. The entire sky was his face. The entire area that I could see, you know, you look out your window on a clear day and look at it. I didn't see his face in the sky. The entire sky was his face. It gave me an understanding. Wow. And I was reminded of the scripture that the earth is the Lord's footstool. Well, I got news. It's not big enough. I'm telling you, it was a glorious picture. I mean, it was just beautiful. The sky was his face. It was it was so gorgeous. And I had thought, wow, he's going to need a bigger footstool. It was powerful, but I understand now. You know, because in part, the Bible does talk about the earth being his footstool. And like I said, what I saw, <clears throat> not big enough. John MacArthur talks about that the parousia... Uh, refers more than just the coming of God. It includes the idea of his presence as well. Think about it. The Lord is returning. That's out there. That's in front of me. But when you think about the fact that the Lord's presence is coming, that brings it home. That brings it close. That makes it more understandable. Perhaps the best English translation about his coming would be Arrival. It's something that's expected. The earth is preparing. They've had their counter king. They had their false king, right? They had the fraudulent king, the Antichrist, trying to set up his kingdom on the earth. They had the counterfeit. Well, now the real deal is coming. The church's great hope here is the arrival of Jesus Christ. When he comes to bless his people with his presence, that's the reward. And that should always be our reward. The reward of Jesus Christ should always be his presence in your life. You know, forget about the money. Forget about this other stuff. It's the presence of the Lord. You know, that's what David wrote. What? That I may dwell in the house of the Lord, that I may inquire in his temple. I love it. I love it. I love it. So that glorious truth appears, the return of Christ, it appears in more than 500 verses throughout the Bible. There's like, I think they broke it down, like one out of every 20 or 25 verses in the New Testament. It refers to, it alludes to the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we see it. Let me read these, put these all together for you as uh, we prepare to move into verse 27. 22, 23, 24, 25, and 26. And except that those days should be shortened, there should be no flesh saved. For the elect's sake, the days shall be shortened though. Then if any man says to you, lo, here is Christ or there, believe it not. For there shall arise false Christ, and there shall arise false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. So behold, I have told you before. Wherefore, if they shall say unto you, Behold, he is in the desert, don't go there. Behold, he is in the secret chambers and the closets, don't go there. Don't believe them. Verse 27, For as the lightning cometh out of the east and shineth even unto the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. By this time, mankind, they have seen everything. They've seen the miracles of the enemy. Uh, I don't know if the people who are getting saved are doing miracles at this time. Remember, God sent 144,000 Jews, right, to witness to the Jewish nation, And he then also, after he took them out, he sent the two witnesses. And the two witnesses, they were doing miracles. If anybody tried to kill the two witnesses, fire would come out of their mouths and they would destroy them. And they had power to do miracles that were similar to Moses. They could turn water to blood. They're they're seeing miracles. Now... As you're going to read in a minute, they've got comets falling out of the sky. That They call them stars are falling. That could be comets. I don't know. But this is literal stuff that's going on. Spiritual beings have been emptied out of hell, and they are like scorpions, scorpion-like, and they have the ability to sting men, and they're painted for five months. We have seen one-third of the population, six billion people today. That would be two billion people have died. I mean everywhere you go there's dead bodies being buried there's uh where, where there's wars there's also what's the word famine I mean people are starving this is the environment that Jesus Christ returns to you've got uh, mankind at the very end of his own civilization he's about to destroy himself and here into this environment steps Jesus Christ and it's so wonderful He's about to show them, look, everything that i said is true. I love Revelation. The book of Revelation, it's a book of promises fulfilled. And every promise that's ever been made will be fulfilled in the book of Revelation, even into the setting up of the millennial kingdom. So as the lightning comes out of the east and shines even unto the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Uh, verse 28, and wherever the carcass is, there the vultures will gather. These are all signs, you know, that are taking place. Like I said, the earth is full of dead bodies, and where the carcasses are, that's where the eagles will be gathered. And Dave Gusick interprets that short verse like this. When judgment is ripe, judgment will surely come. And judgment is ripe. The easy-to-read version of the Bible talks about it like this. It's got some excellent thoughts on this unusual saying about where the carcasses are, the eagles will be gathered. It seems best not to overinterpret interpret uh, this verse, says the Bible. This striking proverbial expression, it probably means simply what it says. Just as people from far away can see vultures circling high in the air, Christ's return in judgment will be visible. A similar view is that the vultures suggest that the widespread death That will accompany the return of Christ to judge those who have rejected his kingdom. It's going to be prevalent. In either case, it will be impossible for people not to see and recognize the return of Christ. Every eye means every eye will see him. So don't be chasing after false Christ if you get stuck here. Don't be looking for places. Don't be thinking he's going to be in a building over there. Don't be thinking that he's going to be in the desert. He's hiding out. No. Every eye will see him simultaneously. Every eye will see him all at once. Hendrickson says it like this. He's got an interesting comment. Uh, He says, vultures swoop down upon a carcass when morally and spiritually the world has degenerated to such an extent that it resembles carrion. In other words, when the Lord judges that the world's cup of iniquity is full then and not until then, Christ shall come to condemn the world. Then his coming is a divine necessity, all pointing towards judgment. If you think about this in a purely natural sense, the appearing of Christ will have a devastating effect on the human race. As if all the death and destruction that has already taken place wasn't enough to convince and prayerfully convict sinners of the reality of the truth of the gospel message, his appearing is the final blow to their doubt and their rejection. People will be dying in their shoes when they see him. He won't have to say anything. His mere presence will freeze their souls. Second Thessalonians 2, eight, And then shall that wicked be revealed, the Antichrist, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. This is what awaits the Antichrist at the return of Christ. The wicked one, he will be revealed for all to see. Whom the Lord, the Lord will consume him with his spirit, spirit of his mouth by his words, and he shall destroy them with the brightness of his coming. Holman's uh, Christian Bible. And then the lawless one will be revealed. The Lord Jesus will destroy him with the breath of his mouth and he will bring him to nothing with the brightness of his coming. This refers specifically to the Antichrist, right? But he will be consumed, he will be destroyed. The brightness of the Lord will shatter the darkness that is his being. Remember, the Antichrist, he's just a man. The brightness of the Lord will surely destroy millions of others whose darkness will no longer hide them either. It's its, it's going to be wild. Luke twenty-one twenty-six. Men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of heaven shall be shaken. This is how he's being received in the earth. People are dropping dead in their tracks They, for fear. They're having heart attacks. They're, the brightness of the Lord is just blowing them away. I mean, the earth couldn't stand the glory of God right now. That's why you must be born again. Only when you are clean, only when the Holy Spirit comes and lives inside you, can you receive the living Christ, Christ in you, the hope of glory. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. When God places his Holy Spirit in you, if he didn't clean you first, if you hadn't been washed in the blood of the Lamb, you would be destroyed. You would be turned to dust, to ashes at the attempt of God to bring his spirit into your life. That's what the new birth is all about. One of the heavenly signs that's going to cause men to die from fear will be the appearing of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Don't forget, we're here. If we judge ourselves, we'll not be judged. But for those people that have not accepted Christ, he's coming as their judge. You will either know Christ now willfully, intentionally, as your Lord and Savior, or you will come to know him as your judge. Verse 29. Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened and the moon shall not give her light and the stars shall fall from the heaven and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. Immediately. Key word there. Immediately after the tribulation, the tribulation and the return of Christ, so not, they end. The tribulation ends. Jesus shows up. When? Immediately. That means there's no space. Right, the tribulation ends. Jesus Christ shows up. Actually, He marks the end of the tribulation by His appearance. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, shall the sun be darkened? Sun's not going to be giving light. What does that mean? It means no heat. His place is going to be cold, and the moon shall not give her light. Well, obviously, if the sun's dark, and what is the moon? The moon's reflection of the sun's light, and the stars is where I'm talking about comets, and the stars shall fall from heaven. And the powers of heaven shall be shaken. Make no mistake, folks, this is going to be it. Return to the earth by the true master of the universe. There are three great end time events on the immediate horizon. Number one, the rapture of the church, where God removes his body, Jesus Christ removes his body from the earth prior to his judgment upon Israel and the disobedient Gentiles. The second will be the tribulation, which is the seven-year of a tribulation judgment marked by both judgment and salvation. The false Christ will be a central character during this time as God uses wrath and judgment to finally purge Israel of her sin one last time. One-third of the Jews will find salvation in this great outpouring of God's wrath. You can either get saved under grace now, or you'll have to get saved under judgment and wrath during the tribulation. Thirdly, will be the return of the King, the true King, Jesus Christ. The seven-year tribulation ends with signs in the heavens and earth that is shaken to its core. Darkness, the new normal, cold temperatures and stars falling from the sky. This is what awaits those. John Balford writes, The frightening display of divine disruption of the heavens which precedes the second coming. It's described graphically in Revelation 6 and in many other of the judgments of God described in the book of Revelation will be climaxed by the glorious appearing of Christ in heaven from heaven. This will be a coming of the Lord to judge and subdue the earth and to bring in his earthly kingdom. Well, out of time, but I do want to thank you for listening. I ask you to come back next week. We're going to pick up on verse 30. Till then, God bless you. And God keep you, and God cause his face to shine upon you. We love you. We bless you. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Thank you for joining us for End Time Insights with Ron Geyer. Listen again next Sunday night at 8 on 100.7 The Word, where faith comes by hearing. You can also listen to the podcast of this program by going to kkht.com. If you would like to contact Ron, email him at gospelguy at comcast.net.